Be sure to check out the amazing merch we have on Teespring at POTN Official Store. Link provided in the description. And welcome back to another episode of the Potent Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all people and inspiring all of you listeners to go that one step further in your lives. Today I am joined by a fantastic guest who I've had the pleasure of working with on the Amazon Campus Challenge whilst I was at university. I'd like you guys to meet a tenacious entrepreneur from the Northeast, Diane. Diane, it's nice to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a long road since the Amazon Campus Challenge and all of those emails and oh, yeah. (laughs) I know it really has. What a challenge it was as well. (laughs) Yeah. And it's still going on and I actually don't know whether it's uh if they've actually updated the the rankings and all of that. But you know, but yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll get straight into it. Sorry, you're going to say something? No, I was just going to say I'm quite excited about that whole challenge. I've got really into it now. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Yeah, of course, you know, we are competitors and I'm sure you like to win like myself. So it's it's all guns blazing to, to do our best and see hopefully we win something as well. Yeah, that would be good. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we'll we'll get straight into it, Diane. So would you like to tell our listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, what you're currently up to, and what you do in your free time? Yeah, so I am originally from Darlington, which, as you said, is in the northeast of England. I moved away from there when I was 17, actually. I moved down to Leicester for a few years. Uh, I went to Performing Arts Academy and studied to be a dancer. And when I left there at the age of 20, I worked in the industry for about four years. And going from from dancing, then retrained as a hairdresser. From hairdressing, I then I've kind of trained again and gone into formulating cosmetics. That's a little bit of my background in a a nutshell. I, like I say, I'm a hairdresser and I also run an organic and natural beauty brand. And I also have a daughter who's two. I, well, I'm back in the northeast now. I don't think I said that. I lived in London from when I finished dance college. I moved from Leicester to London and I lived there for 13 years. And I moved back to the northeast last May. And it's been a big change, big, big change, actually. A bit of a shock. <laughs> I didn't realise how, how much I got used to living in London. It's how things I enjoy doing. Try to think of it. Um, since having my daughter, who's now two, it's been like all eyes on her, really. But what I've realised I do enjoy doing is just dancing around with her, just literally putting on music, dancing around with her. And I've also just got back into hairdressing this year, especially now lockdown's starting to lift. I've started to have a few clients. I think that's one thing I really, really love is my hairdressing. I didn't realise how much I loved it until going back to it now. And after having almost a two-year break since having Ivy, and I would say that's my hobby, even though it's my job, it's it really is my hobby. Really enjoy, especially since moving back up north, walking in the countryside where all you can hear is the breeze and the sound of the animals and just nothing else is around you. You could just ground yourself and be back in nature. I love being absorbed by nature. Yeah, I bet those are the things that I'm enjoying doing and what I spend my time doing. Actually, one thing I've just started doing during lockdown is painting. I just call it free painting because I put some music on, have a canvas. 
canvas and just free paint whatever I feel, whether it just be colouring all with one paint and then getting another paint and dotting on top of it or putting lines through it or just kind of expressing myself on this canvas. And that's just been something new that I've found that I enjoy doing too. Amazing. Oh, wow. That's a very detailed introduction, guys. You can see the inspiration oozing from what Diane has just said, you know, started in the Northeast, spent some time in London, came back, had a beautiful daughter, get into hairdressing, painting, all of that stuff. That's amazing. You do a lot. And that's really inspirational how you're able to do all of that all together. So from all the things you mentioned, you know, I really like how you touched on you really love hairdressing. Would you say hairdressing is your favorite thing to do? Yeah, I honestly believe it is. When I when I left the dancing industry, I think I was about 25. And actually before that, in my baby book, you know, when you're growing up and your parents might have a book of, you know, when I first took my first steps and when the first food I ate, my first career was to be a hairdresser. And ever since being young, I've always loved playing with hair and it just, I had so much passion for it, but I was quite intelligent at school and my mum wanted me to go and do A-levels and like continue with, I suppose you'd say, academic work. And anyway, I went into dance college, which is still creative and not what my mum was thinking of, I think. But at the age of 25, I think I realised I just wasn't completely satisfied and wasn't happy. And I really wanted to change my life around and just fill it with everything that I loved. So the work being what I loved, the people that I was surrounding myself being like what I loved, where I was living was what I loved. And I know it's impossible to do everything you love. You've always got them things that, you know, you don't necessarily like doing. But hairdressing, as soon as I went into that career, I realised I was now doing something that I really 100% love doing. I can't pinpoint what it is, if it's a creativity from my side, or just the feeling that you get when you see a client and they've come in and that feeling that I get once you've transformed them and made them feel so happy and made them feel great about themselves, not necessarily just for the haircut and the hair colour, but just talking to them for that two, three hours that you're with them. It was just such a, it is such a great feeling. That's one of the main reasons why I love it so much, actually saying it now. Amazing. I think we alluded to, like, we don't know how much of an inspiration we can be to others. So it's one of those where if we take everything into our stride, you know, we could actually inspire the next person to do something great with themselves, which is absolutely important, you know. Yes. On that, I know you brought everything together and you're essentially about helping people. And that that obviously comes from a driving spirit. Yeah. So I'd like to know, I would tell our listeners as well, like, who's inspired you and, like, made a positive impact on your life so far there's been so many people along the way but I would say I've got a couple of friends who who truly do inspire me one of the girls um, her name's Ali I've only known her for four or five years but she's so true to herself and she she's been on this amazing journey just with her and herself trying to be true and to find her, her real self and I think she really inspires me to do the same because I think it's sometimes difficult to find you know, find the things that you really love or find the things that make you you. And it's so easy to just conform and follow what what's popular or she inspired me a hundred percent to look inside and find who is truly me. And then I've got another friend called Sarah, who I've known since I was about twenty two. I'm now thirty three. And her work ethic is incredible. Just you just see the passion she has behind her work and 
the drive she has behind her work. I think it inspired me to keep going with certain things and to not give up on certain things. So she inspires me to keep going. She never says anything direct to me. She'll never say, you know, keep going, keep pushing on. She never says anything like that. But her as a person drives me. And then have you ever heard of Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis. It rings a bell. Yeah, he's an American footballer back in the day. And he has the most incredible inspirational and motivational speeches and quotes on Spotify. I went through a bit of a turbulent time in, it was 2017, the London Bridge attacks. Me and my partner were actually down there and we were inside of a restaurant. We didn't see anything happen, but one of our friends got injured and he's okay now. But I was very, very shook up weeks later. And one of the things that got me through, I just, Ray Lewis pop up on Spotify and one of his motivational speeches on there, I played three or four times a day and it really helped pull me through and helped strengthen my soul from inside out and kind of got me through them times. If you can listen to, try and find him on Spotify. He's incredible. I'd say they're, they're the people who have inspired me or who keep me pushing on. Absolutely. Those are some great examples. And yeah, I will encourage our listeners to go check out Ray Lewis on Spotify, as shall I, you know, and really get that positive drive. I would say my positive uh, person, person who inspires me is, oh, it's a combination of two people. So, or three people, actually. Obviously, there's my dad, there's uh, Prince Darnell, who's an entrepreneur, and then there's uh, Grant Cardone, if you've ever heard of him. So he's always, we're always talking about 10x. So he's always talking about going 10 times harder. So, yeah. you know, that, that that's what motivates me to obviously do more because he's saying, why do something double the effort when you can do it 10 times the effort and get 10 times the reward back? So it's he's really good. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I guess, you know, on what you said when you obviously it was a tragic time, the London Bridge attack. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what experience have you gone through, you know, that has shown you that there's still positivity in the world and in people in particular? Well, actually, if we go back to that experience, a week later, I was due to go and work on a cruise ship as a hairdresser for a week. It was like a festival cruise. And I was really in two minds whether or not to go because I'd have to fly to Rome. And with everything that happened, I didn't think I'd be able to get on a flight. Listening to Ray Lewis over and over again, I remember being in the airport and just having it on repeat over and over in my head to get me on this flight. But I went. And the people that I met on that ship, I met this great group of people. There was about 25 and they were all in this group. Every single person within that group had something loving to say to every single person in that group. And they were all about lifting each other up and helping each other out and I think surrounding myself in that energy at the time and I've never ever been in experience since actually feeling that energy but just that really restored my faith that people are good people don't in big groups or don't just talk about each other behind their backs or you know don't for me I was quite vulnerable when I went on there people weren't saying oh why is she calm if she's not feeling like this it was more like okay well what can we do to help you what can we let's do this let's do this 
says, you know, if, if you can't physically do that, that's fine. You can, we'll come and see you later. Or it was just such a great feeling to feel cared for and, and that everybody else was caring for each other and, and for it to happen a week later. I think that is the most positive experience that I've had in my life, to be honest. The people on there, they're still our friends and I'm still, I still see them. I've moved out of London now, but they're still a great group of people and they will all, always have each other's backs and such a great group of people. I've said that so many times, but they really are. <laughs> and I agree because, you know, the people you surround yourself with obviously ultimately influence your character. So if you're around people who are always optimistic, always wanting yeah. to improve, you know, that rubs off on you directly and indirectly. So in the next time you spend with them, as time progresses on, you're going to see, oh, actually, hang on, I can do so much more here. And you get fired up because internally you've got a fire and then you've got an external like fire of, of people giving you extra energy to increase your drive which is actually quite inspiring and positive so you know, that's a really really great example of that I think as well what was so great with that group was it was okay if you didn't have that fire you know sometimes you can get surrounded by so many you know like positive driven people that you're almost afraid to ever let go or to ever have an off day and but with this group it was that's fine that's okay if you need to do that that's fine it was everything was accepted it wasn't just this is our character and this is how you should be and this is how it's going to go it was it didn't matter where you were every part of your character was accepted it was great and they still are great that's what I've I've learned since that experience is I think before that I, I was afraid sometimes to have a, like an off day and I think I learned from that group that it's it's okay. It's okay to have a down day. It's okay to have a a day of rest, shall we say. Absolutely. It, it's an acceptance of the process as well because, you know, you're going to have highs and lows and you get a lot further from that instead of having something that's monotone and consistent throughout. You need those ups and downs to teach you valuable life lessons. And I really like that example. Thank you for sharing that. So we'll move on to the next question I have for you. You know, can you tell our listeners how you overcome challenges you face? I do listen a lot to motivational speakers. I think that's a big one. I, I would sit normally and, and listen to a lot of, of motivational speakers and kind of take on board what they're saying to me or listen to a positive podcast. Meditation is a big thing for me as well. I feel if I feel overwhelmed, I do turn to meditation. That's only been the last couple of years I've found meditation, but I find it helps me. It helps to clear my head, ready to face the challenge. Also, I find if ever I'm having a mental block, rather than getting frustrated about it, I find if I put music on, it really helps me. Really, really helps me. I agree. I think we all have our own formula for it, you know, and I like how you your go-to is positive quotes and speeches and podcasts. Hopefully this one will get up there at some point, get on the list. And music and meditation, all very, very good things that I think a lot of people will consider trying and actually should try. And I guess on that, you're going to say something? I was just thinking about it. I think I've realised as well is just talking through your challenges, whether that be in work, whether it be like in a relationship, you know even with if you're competing like just talking through your challenges with a coach or talk to it instead of having it in your head can make it seem a little bit simple sometimes once you've voiced it you can kind of then understand it because you've heard it back I think that's another thing I do a lot is I talk <laughs> I do talk a lot <laughs> preach you know I'm, I'm in the same category love to talk and always talking so 
Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very good outlet because, you know, once it's outside of you, it's no longer taking advantage of you internally. Like, it's out there and you've got somebody who's listened to it and, you know, is willing to help you out with it, which is always a bonus and it helps us going forward. So with the next thing, you know, obviously, as you're doing all of these things, you've been to the north and the south of this country, you've done so many things. Could you tell our listeners what you think is the most valuable thing about failure? most valuable thing about failure the things that you learn from it I think without failure it's quite difficult to learn you know say when I was dancing for instance we used to always say if you don't ever fall how will you ever know how to get back up how will you ever know how to correct yourself so if you didn't if you played it safe so if you were doing a jump or a spin and you played it safe you would never improve so if I have taken that through life if I didn't ever push that little bit how would you ever know if you were going to succeed so the failure for me is is so important it's it's as important as constructive criticism as well like you've got to take these things on board to learn from them to improve on them so it's failure is very very important thing for me absolutely you know it's, it's learning and improving and that, I guess that's the beauty about it because in that moment you may feel down like oh I haven't managed to do something but you know you actually have because you've learned that this I can do it a bit better or I can actually try a new angle of completing what I want to complete because if we think one-dimensional we're not going to get anywhere and it's it's always about thinking multi-dimensionally or open-mindedly about these things because you always find new and better ways to do things once you you open yourself to it and after you've experienced failure as well so very very important as well so if you guys heard that and uh, yeah well, it helps you know all of us in the sense that it helps increase our desire to win because you're like I didn't manage to do this so now I'm gonna go even harder to make sure I achieve what I need to achieve so you know thank you for touching on that I think as well a lot of people tend to think like a success story is a very straight line and there's that overnight success what really is that I think some people think it's it literally is an overnight success but they don't see all of that back work that went into it all of that the struggle and the the mistakes and the failure along the way to becoming that overnight success and I don't think it's talked about enough I think there's a lot of emphasis put on like the straight line to success but it's such a wobbly road and in a way would it really be as fun if we just started something and completed it probably not exactly it's horrible when you have the failing times and the challenging times but they make the high so much better yeah absolutely and i think you've probably seen it on social media as well like there was an experiment where a guy released two marbles one on a slope with curves and then one that had a uniform curve so it was quite straight and then what happened was the marble that was on the one with a lot of curves actually went a lot quicker than the one that was on the smoother curve Oh, you'd expect it to be the other way, wouldn't you? Like just looking at it, yeah. Yeah, that was an experiment. And going back to where you've mentioned about like people only see the end result, they don't see what's underneath. And that's the iceberg, you know, as well, because iceberg is only like a small amount. And then under the ocean, you've got a massive you've got a massive block of ice. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I was told I like my metaphors. I'm hoping to come up with a bit more because as this podcast evolves and you know all of us evolve, come up with a lot more catchphrases and metaphors to use. Talking about starting and finishing things, I know like obviously in this time, you know, it's quite a strange time to be out there and doing things because of COVID. But I wanted to ask, you know, what excites you about the future going forward? Um, most likely the unknown. I do like not knowing. 
I think it's because when you don't know, there's so much opportunity. This in my eyes, that the unknown brings so much opportunity. And if I had a my life planned out, I think I'd be quite depressed just because of my character. If I knew what next week was going to bring and what next year was going to bring and I had a five-year solid plan, I think I'd be quite upset in a way. I do. I love the unknown and anything is possible. That's what I love about the future. Anything is possible. Absolutely. Wow. You know, that's that's a really good answer. I'm a big daydreamer, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good to hear as well. You know, it's also good to dream big because the second we start limiting ourselves, then we know we're not going to reach the heights that we can potentially reach. Have you ever noticed like celebrities when they're talking about like their journeys and they tell people never to limit themselves or they're saying that we started at this point. It wasn't easy for us. We went through, we struggled and we came out of it and we ended up here, but we didn't limit ourselves. We didn't discourage ourselves. We didn't do any of that. We just kept pushing on. Yeah. And like, I guess like my dad always says, you know, sky is the limit. So the only person limiting ourselves is us. Yeah. So you're going to say something? Yeah. I think that's what you've just said then about the only person limiting ourselves is ourselves. And it's sometimes hard to accept it's so true you know if you've been stuck in a place where it's I don't know whether it be a job like stuck in somewhere and you're blaming other factors about it when actually all it takes is really you to just say one thing or change one thing and we are the only people limiting ourselves and it's so hard to accept sometimes I was only talking about this last week because after having Ivy I developed epilepsy and it's quite scary but I've realized now that I have put so many limits on myself but had been blaming external factors where things like the epilepsy and I've had to start to say to myself that isn't the truth I've told myself that to keep myself in this bubble and I'm blaming the epilepsy well actually you know I have to take accountability for I have said I can't do this I need to now change it's not actually the epilepsy that's made this happen so for instance I've not done exercise for a year and a half just in case it tires me out where I've put my own limitation on that that's not being anything to do with the epilepsy and now I'm starting to own it and starting to slowly get back into exercise it was very hard for me to accept that and to admit it but it's something I'm doing now yeah absolutely you know you're working on yourself and you want to get better and you know you are going to get better because you're putting the right amount of focus on yourself so talking about like self-reflection and looking at how we take care of ourselves can you tell our listeners you know what helps you stay focused when you're completing an activity Well, I struggle to keep focus. So this is a big thing that I need to work on. This actually made my partner laugh because I I do jobs 80% full, like tasks, even around the house. If I'm packing the dishwasher, I will leave two plates on the top and not finish it. If I'm hanging up the laundry, I'll leave a couple of t-shirts in the washing machine. I find it so difficult to keep focus. But again, as I mentioned earlier, meditation's helping me discipline my mind into staying focused. And I think now because I'm aware of that and we do make a joke about it, it makes me stay focused even more. So I suppose it's more being aware of how I am. That's a personal character trait, I suppose. It's because I'm aware of it. It helps me focus more. The problem is with me, I love starting new projects. I love it so much. I I leave other things open-ended and don't finish because I have all these ideas in my head. So I'm like, oh, we'll start this and we'll start this and we'll start this. But I'm learning now to put the reins on myself and finish the task up to 100% and then start something new. But it's something I am working on. I really am trying to work on. 
that's one of my flaws I would say <laughs> well you're working on them and there's no harm in, in starting a new task or a new project because there's that excitement and adrenaline at the starting something new so it helps you know a lot of us complete extra things I would say like there are things that I personally as well haven't finished that I would like to get back into but obviously it's important that you know you don't forget them and then obviously you go back to them you intend to go back to them and complete them which is the most important thing yeah in this circumstance or in, in anything really because it helps you tick off things and not have a barrage of things to come back to as well I was gonna say this is what my problem ends up being with around the house I always have like tasks you can see where I've been in the house because it's like that's unfinished that's unfinished that's unfinished where I'm just like if I just put these two dishes in the dishwasher that's done and I can tick it off my list <laughs> but I think it's mainly around the house you can see where I've been because I haven't finished things and then you have to do them anyway yeah well I mean step by step we take things into our stride and complete them at a pace comfortable with ourselves as well so what things help you stay productive um I do have a natural drive and staying productive I have to have a love and a passion for it because if it's not there I find it so hard to be productive. I suppose this links into the hairdressing, really. And even with the cosmetics business, if I feel like somebody else is going to gain from what I'm giving, it makes me work harder and makes me be even more productive. If I know I'm helping with somebody's happiness or helping with someone's health or helping with just make somebody feel great, that helps me helps me be productive. Absolutely. No, I agree. You know, being able to help other people and see the journey of where you're delivering value is actually motivating and it helps you push on and, and actually want to do more and more in terms of like staying productive with yourself because you're seeing the results of it. So you want to keep going because you see the results. Yeah. Yeah, go on. There's um, music as well is a big thing that I if I'm ever having a bit of a lazy day or I can't get myself going, music really helps me. And I've got a playlist on my phone, which I actually named Cruise from when I went on the cruise with the friends, like positive playlist. That helps me helps me a lot. There's a there's a song by Chase and Status actually called Spoken Word. And within that song there's a line which says, Being strong is exactly the same as being weak. The difference is you don't quit. I will play that. It's one of my first songs I will play if ever I'm having a ugh, can't get going day. I love that line in the song. I should definitely listen to a lot more music there. So, you know, on that, I really like how you've mentioned that, you know, you've got the hairdressing on and you care for your family, you work around the house, do a lot of things, Diane. You know, I think you're the first person I've met. You know, you've got a brand, you do hairdressing, you do dance. That's a lot. And I want you, you know, obviously to discuss with me and our listeners as well, like how you handle stress, because doing all those things must have been stressful. And how did you handle, you know, those stressful times? It's so funny because I never, stress is a word that I would never associate with myself, but it obviously happens. It takes a lot for me to admit that I'm stressed. It's like I'm in denial with it. But one thing I have learned is I'm quite intuitive and I'm not good at thinking with my head. If I'm in a situation and it's starting to feel like it's getting too much for me, my gut will normally say, just go out for a walk. And I'll just, if I can get up and just go for a walk in nature, I will literally feel the tension melting away from my shoulders and then I can go back to it. 
And I think I have to listen to my intuition a lot with stress. It's something I find it hard to pinpoint. I think one of the telltale signs when I'm getting stressed is I get a lot of tension in my shoulders. That's the only way. Like I never feel it in my mind or in my in my chest or anything. It's, I just all of a sudden get tension in my shoulders and I, I now have to think, okay, that's stress. So what are we going to do about it? And it's going for walks, putting some music on, doing things that I love. I think one of the big things for me in life was when I changed career to be a hairdresser, I was working seven days a week, but it never felt like work. I really did surround myself with things that I loved and that made it a lot easier for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the stress thing is something I I am working on just because I find it hard to recognise it. But I think if we've all got something that we love to do, you know, whether that be, like I say, I I just put music on and have a jump around the house sometimes. That is something I love doing. And I suppose in a way that was taking away tension and de-stressing me. Absolutely. You could have a dance about and maybe scream a little bit, you know, let that all out. Do whatever you love doing and just let it all out. Funny enough, right? I have a friend of mine who studied psychology at Eastside. We were together in Inakis and uh, I talked about screaming and stuff like as a stress reliever. And uh, she, she said that's actually good stress management because you have an outlet for your frustration. You yell. Yeah. So... You know, you're not keeping it internal, which can cause a lot more damage. So you're you're letting it all out, which is the most important thing. So should all get a screen pillow. Yeah, I have a great example actually. So when I was on internship, like last year, because I was actually down south last year for the majority of last year, and where I worked, you know, a lot of people were stressed, and obviously that was happened because the company I was doing my internship at was going through a transition. So I said, why don't we buy a punching bag and a boxing glove right so we call this the stress bag so if anyone's feeling frustrated they grab the boxing glove and they take a whack at the punching bag because it's a way of people outletting their stress you know i I really want to ask you obviously with with everything you've you've learned so far and you've have you ever felt like there's a skill you wanted to learn or something you want to pick up going forward yeah so all the time I always um always find something I want to learn or a skill I want to try especially like with physical activities so I've always wanted to try and surf or try ballroom dancing or rock climbing or pottery or something because there'll always be something I want to do this year for instance my partner and I bought our first house and it's got my first garden so this year I decided I was going to try and grow my own fruit And it was a little skill that I learned and I managed to grow some raspberries and strawberries and blueberries. So next year, I want to try and grow some vegetables. So that's a little skill I'm wanting to learn. But all the time, I think listening to people and seeing what they do always makes me want to try and do what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think on that, when I was in Inactus, actually, if there was a project where we wanted to encourage people to do gardening, you know, pick up gardening skills grow their own produce and then sell their own produce so you could potentially sell your produce to local market. I think under the fair share agreement, your products will also get fair treatment because it's homegrown. 
When I lived in London, in Hackney, there was a, a community called Grown Communities and they had gardens, but volunteers would work in their gardens and the vegetables and fruit they grow would then be sold in Hackney in, you know, like the fruit and veg boxes you can subscribe to. They So they sell them back, but then they'd also go around to people in Hackney and collect, you know, like vegetable peelings and like compostable stuff and take it back to the garden and compost everything and then use that on the garden. So it's this whole circle just in Hackney with their community. It was brilliant. It's something that I'm learning every day as well because this is all new to me. So I guess next thing I want to ask is what would you say are your strongest qualities and which one of these would you love to teach somebody that were interested in improving themselves? I think friends would say I'm a good listener. I do love to listen. I think it's, you know, meeting somebody new and listening to their story and what they have to offer. You can always learn something from listening. So I'd say that was a strong quality. However, what I'd love to teach somebody is hair colouring. I have such a passion for colouring hair. I'd love to pass that on to somebody one day. That would be what I'd like to teach. I've never I've never really thought about that before. But yeah, that's what I would like to pass on to somebody. And as well, actually, I'd love to help people fall in love with themselves. Sounds very... Um, very self-indulgent but I don't mean it in that way like I'd love to help somebody see the good in themselves and see how brilliant they really are that's what else I would like that's blessed that that's very very selfless because you know you want to help somebody else realize what they are not seeing it goes back to uh, what we were talking about as well before like at the beginning when we're talking about when people don't see themselves as an inspiration they don't actually know that they could be inspiring somebody, but they just don't know it because they don't see it and they need help seeing that. So, you know, it's, it's good that you're doing that because everyone has different talents, but it's also what we've seen in recent time that I think it stretches long back before us that people have hidden talents that they don't know about. And some people need help discovering those talents because they may think, oh, I, I can do this and do that, but not think too much of it when they can actually use it for the better and to help other people as well. So. You know, that's really, really inspiring that. Just going to say that the more we realise within ourselves that we can help people, the more that will make other people want to help people as well. And it can be like this big chain reaction. You know, I, I've been strong enough to come forward with my talent to try and help you. Therefore, hopefully that will give you the strength to come forward with your talent and help somebody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in closing, what inspiring words would you like to tell our listeners who are looking to improve themselves? Somebody once said to me last year that I should write around my house the words, I am enough. And it really helped me. If ever I was in doubt of myself, I would just say those words, I am enough. You know, me and myself, I am enough to do this. I think a big thing as well, which I've started to do, is to look yourself dead in the eye through the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. And it's so difficult to do. But I think it's very important that we do these things. Another thing, when you're in the middle of doing a task or you're maybe at the gym or you're you're with friends or something, just ask yourself if that moment in time is bringing you joy and just ask yourself it really quickly and put a little note by it. Yes, it brings me joy or no, it doesn't. Just so in future, if you're stressed, you can then go to those little notes and be like, okay, what brought me joy? Yes, that did. Let me me go and do that to help me de-stress. Then you're aware of, I know this situation doesn't bring me joy. So either why am I doing it in my life or why do I focus so much on it? You can learn to maybe get the skills to just let that go. So I think it's important just to every so often just ask, does this bring me joy? Note it, 
and then use it for future reference. Yeah, that's really, really important. The, the society we live in today, you know, there's certain pressures that are put upon people and those often lead to comparisons. I think that's where the depression and the dislike and all of that starts because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else when we're all uniquely running our own race. Um, and it's really, really important that, you know, we stick to what we're good at and we're, we're going at our own pace. And we may see other people at different stages in their lives and yes that's fine for people to progress but the most important factor is obviously us and making sure that we're progressing at a pace that we're comfortable with not because we're pressured by other things to yeah but we've also got to learn not to judge people for maybe not being at our pace and accepting other people for not being at our pace because sometimes you know if, say within a working environment or an office you've got 10 people are working and then you might have somebody slightly slower rather than judging them and say you need to speed up with your work, maybe look at them and see what other skills they could have and where you could place them so they'll be in a stronger position, rather than judging them for you're not keeping up speed. Absolutely. I think for me, Enactus taught me a lot. It, it taught me how there's different people who have different strengths. And it's not about you know them not being similar to me, but it's about working to their strengths to make them a better person and working on what they're not strong at to make them a better person as well. That's the most important thing, like making sure people are forming at their best. Like you highlight, we're all different and you know, we all have our strengths. So it's important for all of us to run our own race and not get caught up in wanting to compare ourselves to somebody else or to some things. So with that, we've now reached the end of today's episode of the Potent Podcast. Thank you all for listening and getting to the end of the show. I'd like to thank my guest, Diane, for joining me today. Thank you, Diane, for coming onto the show. You're welcome. Be sure to check out Diane's organic beauty products and brand, Bo Organics, where she sells lip, lash, and brow oil products. You will not be disappointed. Do join us again next week where I talk to another guest and hear another amazing story and listen to how they've overcome their challenges and encompassed the values of POTN. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts and YouTube as well. Till the next time, be well and take care. First year 2016, young. Had big dreams on his own though, need to get cream like Wu-Tang Had a lip team, they stayed down just when shit seemed like it's over when them hoes said it But Marvel movies got post-credit, scenes taught me patience Had a girl back then, shoulda known she probably ain't shit We dodging payslips, don't need bosses, can't quit on these thotties that hang with These grown men with wives and kids telling them lies then Go bless someone's daughter, she probably faking attraction Asking she'll say the vibe and that ain't no vibe, that's a trans- Music by Trevor 3T